the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back as we head into hour three. Such a privilege and delight to welcome back to uh, welcome back to the show, the Airwaves of Phoenix, Professor Mark Bauerlein, uh, Professor Emeritus of uh, Literature and English at Emory University. He's a senior editor at First Things. His most recent book, So On Point, The Dumbest Generation Grows Up, From Stupefied Youth to Dangerous Adults, Given all we've been talking about with these marches on the college campuses uh, and with the embracing of uh, terrorist organizations as if they're liberation organizations, with the Jew hatred and the anti-Semitism, with the gaslighting, uh, I just was blown away up until last night when I ran out of words, uh, Professor, when I saw that there is now a raft, a lot of young college students reading bin Laden's open letter to the American people for the first time and saying they agree with it. These are TikTok kids with tens of thousands of followers. Oh, my gosh, the dumbest generation. It's not I, – I don't know what to say, Professor. I, I'm out of words, and I'm in the word business. Can you help me? Uh, Seth, this has been a long time coming. What we have done is taken away from the young in America – a positive faith. We haven't raised them to believe in God, go to church, so they have no transcendent orientation, nothing beyond that can give meaning to their lives. We certainly haven't given them a country, no patriotism. Patriotism levels are, are low, under 50% of them, them call themselves patriots. Uh, they uh, have grown up, many of them in broken families, uh, neighborhoods that have been in flux that, you know, when I said, so I don't know if when it was true of you, but when I was a kid, people didn't worry so much about locking their doors. Same true. All, all same, same, same. Cars or, or houses. Yeah, I grew up that way. So that, that they grow up in a world of that kind of insecurity. A lot of chaos when they when they go into their social media feed. You go you go to satellite TV and you flip through the channels and you say to yourself, "Is this place going crazy?" And so they're desperate to find a moral ground. That they want stable, solid meaning in their lives, and even if it turns out to be. A, uh, a a meaning that is dark, that slides into violence, at least there they find some moral certainty. It's twisted, but at least it gives them a solid foundation to understand the world. They've got, you know, you know the, the, the liberal way which says, you know, oh, oh, there is no real evil in the world. People are just sort of socialized in certain ways. Well, that doesn't give them solidity, these, these kids. They, they aren't 
uh, interested in debating in this sort of relativistic way about, well, that's what that culture thinks. That's what we did. They want, again, a solid reality that'll give their lives some solidity as well. And look, the passions of, of Islam, that can be very interesting to uh, a kid who goes by a church that says, everybody welcome. You know, what does that mean? Is that, is that, is that really the kind of moral strength that will grab them? It's, no. So, so here they are uh, committing themselves to false gods because we've taken away the true gods. Um, it sounds to me, that's, that's a great diagnosis, Professor. It sounds to me like there are two things going on here. Uh, one is we have had a generation or more of running down the West and America, um, whether it's changing its founding date, whether it's hey, hey, ho, ho, Western Civ has got to go, whether dead white males are the problem. So obviously anything against that is a solution. Bin Laden is against that, thus the attraction to him. That's one category of problem, it seems to me. The second, which is really quite deeper sociologically, is what you're saying about what young people want. Let's talk about young boys at least for a second, maybe. They want something strong to cling on to. Young boys do. And thus, there's always something like the Boy Scouts or there's the Crips and the Bloods. I was doing some back-of-the-hand work. It looks like gang membership of young men in this country uh, parallels uh, membership in the Boy Scouts. It's about the same amount, about the same number, interestingly enough. Young people want something strong to cling on to. And what are we teaching them about? All men are created equal and nature's God. And what are we teaching them about Frederick Douglass? Nothing. But boy, here comes this strong medicine called radical Islam, and that's something to pursue and follow. That's something strong to cling into, onto and believe in. Is that what you're saying? I think, I think it's true. You know, Seth, look at the story of Malcolm X. Yeah, right. Malcolm X goes into prison as Malcolm Little. Right. He is... He is a thug. He is a predatorial, self-centered human being. He is nihilistic, anarchical. Nothing matters but what he wants. Right. And he is street smart and yep. street tough. Yep. Tough guy. Yep. But, and, and he's got the he's got the brains to function in uh, again a highly chaotic, anarchical world yep and so he goes into prison where all the tools of the street do nothing for him right they don't work right you know he realizes uh that all of his uh, you know shuffling gang talk uh doesn't fly right and he's got nothing else nothing and what does he do he starts reading yeah and he falls under the influence of Elijah Muhammad. Right. And what does, what does the nation of Islam give him? It gives him a history, right? A history of the world. Something to live and die for, something meaningful. It, and it gives him heroes Cause. and villains. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've got the good guys yep. and you've got the bad guys right. as well. 
And there's moral clarity to it all. And he comes out of prison as Malcolm X. He speaks well, right? He's articulate. He dresses quite well. I mean, think about Malcolm X. He was a profound social religious conservative. Right. I mean, I mean, the, the whole the whole pride lgbtq stuff no none of that no drinking no abortions yeah right all of it right right. yeah that's right so but so islam nation of islam elijah muhammad gave him a hero a father figure and remember how many of these kids grow up without fathers these boys correct and so the gang gives them a male world of discipline right gangs have discipline yep uh, it, it gives them us and them. It gives them a home, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, this, again, order, right? Yep. Coherence. Yep. Meaning. Narrative. Yep. Mor- morality. Yep. So uh, the, look, Osama bin Laden was a committed man, right? Yep. And he was willing he was willing to act, willing to die for for the cause. And, boy, here in the West, you know, I mean, look at Army recruitment these days. Yeah. We're down 40% in the military yep. this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, many, how many young people would be willing to fight for the, our country, even if it were attacked, a Pearl Harbor type yep. attack? Right. I, I'm not sure. And, and look, Seth, I have to say, uh, when American military activity looks more like it is a benefit to D.C. Right. Than it is to a benefit to all the American people. I, I'm not so sure I would feel comfortable about sending my son off to fight. For Nancy Pelosi. Oh, I hear this all the time from uh, from uh, military veterans. I hear this all the time about you know having fir- uh, having second thoughts about putting their children through what they went through. Uh, that it is a different military. Let me take a quick commercial break, Professor, and we'll come right back. It's a delight to have with us Professor Mark Bauerlein. His most recent book, "The Generation: The Dumbest Generation Grows Up from Stupefied Youth to Dangerous Adults." Boy, they are stupid, and boy, they are dangerous. And Dr. Bauerlein called it a year and a half ago with his book. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Professor Mark Bauerlein is our guest, senior editor at First Things, among other things. He is an emeritus professor of literature at Emory University. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of literature, Professor, I hope it's not too trite. I opened the show kind of surveying the world, and I said, things fall apart, the center can't hold, anarchy is loosed upon the world, and the blood-dimmed tide is loosed everywhere. Um, the best lack all conviction, why the worst are full of passionate intensity. That may be the most important trenchant part of where we are today when you look at these um, these college students. They are full of passionate intensity. Um, voices like yourselves and ours have been, they've tried to stifle them. I mean, that's, that is what has gone on here at Arizona State University in my neck of the woods. Uh, they did an event earlier in the year with, uh, Dennis Prager, whom you know, and a few others uh, like that. And 39 professors wrote a letter trying to, uh, cancel that speech because, 
Dennis Prager was a purveyor of hate. These same professors are defending rioters throwing rocks at Jews at ASU. These same professors are standing up for a Hamas organization named Students for Justice in Palestine, which has aligned itself with the attack of October 7th. This is the, Prager's the purveyor of hate. Hamas is the uh, is the uh, is is the uh, is the liter- is the uh, is the liberation uh, that they've been long waiting for to come. I suppose this is how bad we are here, sir. Well, this is just an example of why we should not take uh, these kinds of complaints literally. They're not worried about Dennis Prager spewing hate. That's just a way of talking about. Uh, uh, another intention. And the intention is uh, quite clearly about political power. Yeah. Even if it means on campus political power. These are people who want to have their say. They want their will to be done. They're not liberals. They're not interested in diversity. They don't care about pluralism. They're not about free speech and open inquiry. No. They are their control freaks and they are willing to take the the freedoms, the privileges, the authority that the university grants them and use it in authoritarian ways. And their authoritarianism, they're just dressing up in terms of what sensitivity or I mean, we, we, we know that whole language is bogus. We know not to, and we should not respond to them. We shouldn't say, wait a minute, Dennis Prager doesn't purvey hate, because that ends up getting into their debate on their terms. And it makes the mistake of saying they really mean it mm-hmm. when they say that. No, no, this is, this is just politics by other means. All right, this fake moral language to disguise the raw exercise of authority. That's what they're really doing. There is something that they're passionate about, though, or a few things. There's a basket of a few things they're passionate about, it seems to me. Sometimes you can tell by the way they comport themselves, other organizations they're involved in, signs they carry. It has to do with feminist rights. It has to do with LGBTQ-type rights. Um, and yet they're marching on behalf of an organization and an entity, which if they tried that at the Islamic University of Gaza or anywhere in the West Bank, they'd be alive for about five minutes. How can they not appreciate? Yeah. How can they not appreciate this? Well, I, I think what's by the way, if they tried it at Tel Aviv University, no one would blink an eye. Well, exactly. Exactly. I mean, uh, uh, Israel tends to be a very socially uh, liberal country, uh, but. What is going on is something deeper. Okay. It, it, it really is a psychopolitics of victimology. Uh-huh. And it really becomes your, your victim du jour, right? They will make this deep psychological identification, sort of a primal identification with the victim. Now, this may have to do with something in their own lives. Maybe your parents were awful. Uh, maybe a bad marriage, whatever you were in. You, you deeply identify with, with a victim of some kind. And, I mean, I've seen this in academia with professors, white professors, yeah. 
identifying with black victimhood. And Seth, these are professors who have never been around poor people in their lives. They've never lived in a black neighborhood. They've never gone to schools with hardly any black students. They, they, they grew up in the Northeast. They went to private prep schools. They went to Ivy League undergrad and Ivy League grad schools. They've never worked off of a college campus in their lives. And yet this powerful identification with the suffering mm-hmm. of, you know, victim group X. And the thing about this kind of identification, Seth, is it's transferable. You can move from one victim group to another. It, it, whoever fulfills the, the qualifications of victim at the present time, well, that, I, I, I identify with that. And the thing is, you're right. It is powerful and quite passionate. Okay? That this gives them deep psychic satisfaction. When they empathize with the suffering group A or B, uh, a real profound emotional experience happens inside them. And it actually has very little to do with the concrete realities of the victim group. No, no, this is about I'm working off my own private individual suffering, whatever it might be, through this this object. These people who possess the uh, who possess the sadness and the victimhood that I can't really express openly on my own, my own feelings. But I found a pretext. I found an occasion. This is an op- The Palestinians are an opportunity for them to rehearse their own damaged feelings. That's what it's really about. And you want to say to them, listen, a college campus is not supposed to be a, a form of group therapy. All right. That you, you, be, you should be doing this somewhere else. Well, I want to pursue. Can you stay a little bit longer or do you have to run? I'm I'm all yours, man. Okay, good. Because I I want to push on that with you a little further. You've got I, I I totally agree with everything you said, and yet I think there's one other thing added to this, and I want to raise it with you: anti-Semitism and Jew hatred. And and I want to raise it in the context of. Well, I'll I'll do it on the other side of the break. But if you look at sure. where Joe Biden was in California and who he was with yesterday, you might have thought that people caring about genocide might have protested about what's being done to the Uyghurs and the Tibetans and the Kazakhs by Xi Jinping and his Marxist um, t- totalitarian government. But no, they shut down the Golden Gate Bridge today, not over a real genocide, but over this thing. And maybe we could pick up on that when we come right back. I'm Seth Liebson, and he's Mark Bauerlein. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Professor Mark Bauerlein is my guest, B-A-U-E-R-L-E-I-N. His book, The Dumbest Generation Grows Up, From Stupefied Youth to Dangerous Adults. If awful public intellectual thought is the problem, then wonderful public intellectual thought is the answer. And 
Dr. Bauerlein always gives it to us. So, Dr. Professor, on that point we were talking about just before the break, um, about these young adults, uh, these, uh, what, learned ignoramuses, if you will, wanting to stand for something, for a cause to work out their own pathological pathologies, their own problems. One can appreciate that at a psychological level. But something else is going on here, it seems to me. You hear the word genocide an awful lot over the last month and a half, uh, a genocide that is nowhere definitional by any understanding or stretch of the understanding of what a genocide is, especially given all the facts on the ground. So when you have the president of the United States meeting with someone in the midst of committing genocide against millions of Tibetans and Uyghur Muslims, including concentration camps and conversion therapy and slave labor, do they lay down and close down the Golden Gate Bridge over that? No. It's Israel. It's always Israel. It's something that there's I, I can't escape Jew hatred here a little bit, Mark. Uh, well, the two things. I think that the groups that you're talking about in, in Asia, they have not received the a narrative. Okay. Right. Right. The media and the academics, they haven't constructed uh, a neat little moral uh, story there's no yasser oh, arafat yeah. for the uyghurs is what you're saying uh yeah and they're just uh, i mean it could happen but i mean i think i think we've got such a long history of the of the palestinians uh being so prominent mm-hmm. in, in in the in the international story okay the others the others just just aren't but but I think that you're right. There's there's the second thing, and that is something about Israel. Yeah. What is it about Israel? What is it about Jews that really seems to evoke more, more resentment, more concern? And I think what we have here is a victim group, the Holocaust, that turned around and became very strong. Committed, forceful, unified, nationalistic. And they then didn't appear victims anymore. Uh-huh. That they are they're they're too successful. They they look, the left liberals don't like victimhood to end. They don't like that. Uh-huh. uh-huh. They need Victims, victims are essential to their worldview and to their policies as, as well. How many stories on NPR can we, can we hear before we want to call it, you know, the victim radio network? Right, right. Incessantly, one story after another. And if, if there's a success, it, it, it always highlights all, all, of the, all the horrible things that this person had to overcome in order to be successful. So the, the emphasis is not on the mm-hmm. success, it's on the suffering. And so here, the Jews, Israel, look at how successful they are. Yeah. They're prosperous. They, they turn the desert into fertile ground. They, they've, got, they've got a huge tech industry. They, they, they patent uh, things all the time. They are a function. They can't claim victimhood in the eyes of, of the American liberal anymore. And they then become the, the facts 
but the Jews turned it around. It's sort of like a lot of the Asians. I was just going to say. In America. Just going to say. Right. Their success uh, actually makes the, the liberal guilt doubly uncomfortable because it, it, it poses the question, well, maybe yeah. some of the problems yeah. in this victim group might be yeah. Yeah. part of the group, yeah. internal to the group. But then, of course, oh, you're blaming the victim. Yeah, blah. Yeah, we've heard that. Fifty-six countries in twenty-two. Yeah, fifty-six countries. Islam twenty-two. Air. Let me. This was a short segment. Let me go do one more commercial break with you, Mark, if I can, and we'll be right back. Professor Mark Bauerlein, B A U E R L E I N. The dumbest generation grows up is his book, among many. It's his most recent. From stupefied youth to dangerous adults. He and I will be right back. Professor Mark Bauerlein is our guest. His book, most recent book, he's written many. His most recent, The Dumbest Generation Grows Up, From Stupefied Youth to Dangerous Adults. Uh, Professor, is there another element to this, too, uh, with regard to why Xi Jinping and the Chinese Communist Party is not in the sights of these um, of these college students. Is it also, too, that there's an affiliation, whether they know it or not, maybe the professors do, the instructors do, there's a, there's a um, what do I want, an affinity with, with Marxist organizations, with Marxist entities. I mean, if you look at any of these Middle Eastern terrorist organizations, for that matter, any of the Franz Fanon type stuff, that, you know, Wretched of the Earth and all that, they were all Marxist-infused organizations. It is a, um, it is a community of their own saints or devils they wouldn't want to protest against. Perhaps that's there, too, or am I going too deep? I don't know. Uh, I think that could be. An element. I mean, here you've got Asian Americans who are uh, have been in the past uh, included by the identity gangs as besieged minorities. Right. 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 Stop Asian hate. Right. You know, that didn't last long, did it? No. But but But, they tried it. They tried it. And in the past, you could you I mean, Asians used to be included in affirmative action programs. For example, at the UC system right. uh, back in back in the 70s, right. they lost that status when they, went, when they started outnumbering white right. in, in the UC system. Now that made it harder. But I think that uh, the China issue is that we have an Asian population that up until fairly recently was included in the victim groups. Right. And so China, China doesn't have that. Uh, uh, it, it's harder for them. It's harder for college students to to look at China. And again, I think there's an ignorance factor yeah. as as well. They don't know much about China, right? They uh, you know they they don't they don't know about China's trade practices. They don't know about China stealing American technology or being handed it by by American corporations who thought they'd get rich off of off of China giving things to China. So. I, I think it's just part of the dumbest generation, you yeah. know, their, 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 their ignorance. And again, though, it's hard for them to find any enemy who isn't white. Yeah. It's just harder for them. And they don't realize that Israelis are mostly not. That just doesn't occur to them because the Jews they know in America are, right? I mean, I assume that's that's partially it, although it's probably a small degree. How much of this is social media? I was reading the other day. 
Seventy uh, percent of Americans aged 12 to 17, 76 percent aged 18 to 24 regularly use or rather constantly use TikTok. How much of a problem is that, that they're getting summa cum laude's from TikTok? Well, I, I don't want to overstate the case. So I will just say that TikTok is one of the primary instruments of Satan in the world today. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, to, to put uh, it no lower. Valley yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, is, is the best playground for demons. Okay. And let's just remember one thing that there's one fact people must remember about social media and screen technologies and the young. Yeah. The Silicon Valley people. They pour them into public schools. Right. That's where they do a lot of their donation, their charity, yep. in wiring public schools. Now, let's realize that the titans of Silicon Valley, they don't send their kids to those nope. schools. And they keep their own kids away from screen. Yep. They know what the screens do to the young. Yep. They're happy to have to have our kids mm -hmm. become addicts and they want them to become addicts because that's how they make more money. Uh, so the, uh, the social media factor is, I, I, I think we're, I think we're going to reach a point when we see an 11 year old with a cell phone glued to that screen while all these other things are going on around him i think that uh we're going to look at that in the future as an 11 year old smoking a cigarette I roughly think, the yeah. same the, the the same danger the same degree of danger uh that that's what i think um the, the parallels are so interesting it reminded me of those battles in the mid 90s you may recall some of them when when um people like um Joe Lieberman and uh, Dolores Tucker and Bill Bennett and Rick Santorum, I think, was part of this. They were calling on the entertainment industry to clean up some of their fare, including the rap lyrics that were so misogynistic and rape-infused. Yep, yep. And they went to one of these board meetings, and the owners, the CEOs of these corporations, CBS, Sony, these huge corporations that gave all these rappers their recording contracts said they don't let their kids listen to that stuff. Of course not. They right. know better. Right. 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 Well, uh, this is, uh, this is our, our corporate titans yeah. who don't give a damn yeah. about ordinary Americans. They just want to make their bucks. Mm -hmm. and, and the country can just go down, go down the toilet. Uh, you know, we look at uh, uh, the uh, what we need to do is follow the actions of the elite. Mm. What do the elite do? How do they raise their kids? Don't listen to what the elite say. Don't listen to what they, they how they vote. How do they operate in in their own lives? That's that's what we should. That's what we should follow now. The, the stinking libertarians back in the 90s, they blocked and they still do block any kind of uh, attempted parental control or, or, or legal control over the dissemination of, of media, even though it is to kids. They, they are unbending.
on that. And even as the research piles up of the damage that that the screens do to the young, uh, they're they're true believers. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, the evidence is 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 against them. But. uh, I don't know if if there's really going to be any way to to stop it i've got um, i've got about uh 38 seconds left are we slouching towards gomorrah are we racing towards it are we slouching towards bethlehem are we racing towards it what what's the optimum we're, we're, what's the outlook for you professor well we're, we're living in gomorrah okay we're already inside okay so now what we do is we form we have to form little 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 neighborhoods where we shield ourselves against the the junk we we go we put our kids in schools or we homeschool them so that they're not getting lessons in in sex uh in in fifth grade uh that they do appreciate tradition and beauty and and that they uh they're in a place where where if someone's reading a bible it's not a shock so uh you form your own form your own communities people you can't rely on, on America to do this broadly anymore. you got to do it for yourselves. Mark Bauerlein, it's always good catching up with you. I'm sorry it's rarely good news, but, man, you've got it figured out, and you're teaching us. Thank you, sir. I appreciate your brain and your time, always. Thank you, Seth. Anytime. You betcha. Professor Mark Bauerlein, author of The Dumbest Generation Grows Up, From Stupefied Youth to Dangerous Adults. I'll be back with a closing thought. Little Whalen. Yes, sir. He's speaking about us. Just the good old boys. Yeah. You and me. Yeah, we could use a few more of them. Portions of this show brought to you by other good folks. Why Refi? They have a secure investment that actually helps people. They're also great corporate citizens in our community. With Why Refi, you can earn up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return, and it's not correlated to the Federal Reserve or the stock market. Think of this flexibility. You're in total control. You can turn your income on or off. You can compound it, whatever you like. There are no fees. There is no attack on principle. If you ever need your money back, you get a monthly statement with no surprises. It's a secure and collateralized portfolio. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com. Or give them a call at 888-YREFI24. That's 888-YREFI24. For tell him I sent you. You know, it is back to the very first segment I did with Mark Bauerlein in, in earlier in the hour, and we were talking about young boys wanting to attract towards something. You know, there's the gangs, or there's something like the Boy Scouts. They want something strong to follow. We used to offer that. We used to offer that about this country and our heroes. As the Patriots of 76 did to the support of the Declaration of Independence, so to the support of the Constitution and laws. Let every American pledge his life, his property, and his sacred honor. Let every man remember that to violate the laws, to trample on the blood of his father, and to tear the character of his own and his children's liberty. Let reverence for the laws be breathed by every American mother. To the lisping babe that prattles on her lap, let it be taught in schools, in seminaries, and in colleges. Let it be written in primers, spelling books, and in almanacs. Let it be preached from the pulpit, proclaimed in legislative halls, and enforced in courts of justice. And in short, let it become the political religion of the nation 
and let the old and the young, the rich and the poor, the grave and the gay of all sexes and tongues and colors and conditions sacrifice unceasingly upon its altars. That's a strong thing to believe in. Who hears or talk anything of that or talks anything like that anymore? That was Abraham Lincoln, by the way, in what was known as his Lyceum Address, as a young man of age 38. We don't think like that anymore. We don't talk like that anymore. But once upon a time, we had these strong pillars that we encouraged our young people to believe in, and it was transmitted down from everything he said, from parents to almanacs to the pulpit to the schools, to the courts of justice. And they have those pillars crumbled. And so I offer you students for bin Laden. All right, until tomorrow, God bless you all. I'm Seth Liebson on behalf of Mr. Bill and David Dahl. Until tomorrow, class is dismissed. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 